Hello, it's great to have your company once again here on Search for Truth. This is your Bible teaching program with teacher Brian Johnston. I'm John Martin. Many thanks for joining me. Today we're six weeks into this series about salvation. Brian's been looking into the scriptures to see if there's evidence that a Christian could profess Christ as their saviour but still be lost. Today Brian's changing the emphasis and he's giving us strong biblical assurance for our salvation. If you've got your Bible handy, Brian will be reading verses from John's first letter, which is the first of three, and it's near the end of the New Testament, and it's before Jude in Revelation. It's known as 1 John, John's first letter. And here is Brian with today's study. Thanks, John. The Apostle John, when writing the gospel that bears his name, leaves us in no doubt as to his purpose in writing it. He tells us it was so that his readers might believe Jesus is the Son of God, and by believing that, have eternal life in his name. John chapter 20 and verse 31. The same author, John the Apostle, is equally candid about his motivation for writing his first letter, the one we know as 1 John found towards the back of our Bibles. He wrote it so that those who already believe may know and be assured that they have eternal life. 1 John 5 verse 13. John's repeated message in that first letter of his is that those who believe may know. In chapter 2 verse 3, he speaks of knowing him, that's knowing Jesus of course, and then goes on to speak of knowing that we are in him, verse 5, and later of knowing that we are of God and of the truth, in chapter 5. Finally, in his last chapter, he speaks about knowing that we have eternal life, chapter 5 and verse 13. You see what I mean about his theme being knowing with certainty. John, it seems, liked dealing with certainties. Actually, it appears he wrote about what we might call a double certainty in his first letter, namely both the objective and the subjective certainty of gospel truth. What do I mean by that? Take first the matter of the objective truth of the gospel. John gives us three supports for this. He cites the testimony of history by referring to the birth, life and death of Jesus. Also the apostolic testimony as those apostles of whom he was one had prolonged contact with Christ at close quarters. And finally, thirdly, the testimony of the Spirit, with whom believers to the present day have been anointed as internal witness to the truth of the Gospel. Then there's the other matter of the subjective reality of the Gospel. How can I be sure that those Gospel blessings are mine, that I've taken full possession of them? that I belong to God as one of his children, with all my sins forgiven, and that I'm the sure possessor of eternal life. Basically, John says, and says repeatedly throughout his letter, that there are again three ways of knowing this. That is, of knowing for sure that we have eternal life. These are the tests of continuing to hold our beliefs, keeping the Lord's commands, and loving one another. As examples of how John uses these tests, we respectively find the following, that first, the one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself, 
The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. 1 John 5 verse 10. You see, that's about maintaining our convictions. But we also read, By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. 1 John 2 verse 3. So that's the second test. That's about doing what's right, and therefore doing all that the Lord says. And then thirdly, we read, Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 1 John 4 verse 7. That's clearly about loving one another. The third test, that when we comply with it, enables us to enjoy certainty as to who we are and where we're going. A saved sinner bound for eternal glory with Christ. So recapping then, in John's first letter, we find he gives three assurances for the certainty of knowing through faith that we've been born into God's spiritual family and as a result possess eternal life. This is such a relevant message because many people today speak of how they are hoping, no more than only hoping, to be found to be acceptable to God and one day enter into life in God's presence. The Apostle John, however, writes of having a certain knowledge of eternal life. He gives, as we've said, three ways by which true believers on Jesus can be sure that they are already eternally secure. And these are by believing, by obeying, and by loving. The first way then, again, is about maintaining our deep conviction in the truth about Jesus, the Son of God. Again and again, in chapter 5 alone, he stresses that it's those who believe in the Son of God who know they have eternal life. Sadly, some believers, by losing faith, lose the assurance of their salvation, even though they can't lose salvation itself. The second assurance is by means of keeping the Lord's commands and doing the things that are right. Among the things John writes aimed at helping us to really know that we have eternal life is this matter of keeping the Lord's commandments. Earlier, as though to reinforce that, he's already said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now, it's not that this means we should be sinless, for John himself has already told us that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The sense here is most likely that those who are born again would rather choose not to sin rather than it being the case that they cannot sin. Consistent with our new nature, the practice of righteousness ought to characterise those who are God's children and be typical of them. When that's the case, it all serves as further assurance to our own hearts that a work of God's grace has been done there. And again, the third way of assurance of someone having been born into God's family and possessing eternal life is the business of loving one another. Remember, John has said at the beginning of chapter 5, we've mentioned it already, but we'll quote it again, Everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. 1 John chapter 5 and the first two verses. To see how strongly this matter of loving one another 
comes over as an assurance of our new birth and possession of eternal life, we have only to read some more verses from the previous chapter, that is, 1 John chapter 4 and starting at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And in 1 John 4 and verse 20 we read, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So there we have it. The certainty that the believer has eternal life. It's a certainty that's triply assured when we retain our convictions about the person of the Lord Jesus and keep his commandments and love each other. These things John has written to those of us who believe in the name of the Son of God so that we may know with certainty that we have eternal life. How wonderful it is to have a strong, a threefold assurance of the certainty of having a place in God's family and of being the possessor of eternal life. But just so there's no misunderstanding, let me say again that John's theme here is not salvation itself, but the assurance of salvation. The message John is bringing us is not about how to be saved, but it's about how to be sure that we already are saved once we've believed in the Lord Jesus. Keeping the commandments and loving each other are not things we've got to do so as to be saved or remain saved from the judgment of our sins. But if we have repented and are saved by faith alone, and then we do these three things, they'll help us to maintain the certainty of the conviction that we are bound for heaven. said quite a lot from 1 John about loving God and one another. The world today has seriously distorted the proper meaning of what love is, so it's helpful to see the true nature of love through the Apostle Paul's description in part of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, 
says, Love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous, love does not brag, it is not arrogant, it does not act disgracefully, it does not seek its own benefit, it is not provoked, does not keep an account of a wrong suffered, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And verse 8 says, Love never fails, but now faith, hope and love remain. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So I hope you enjoyed today's study and found it helpful to apply these verses from 1 Corinthians. Remember, there's the transcript book as well of all the talks in this series and you can obtain a copy by downloading it at churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and ask for a hard copy book be posted to you. Just ask for the book for this series about salvation and don't forget to include your postal address so we know where to send it. You can use email or the post and firstly, here's our postal address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN4 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Next week, Brian's talk addresses the question posed by the first two verses from 1 Corinthians and chapter 15 this time, and that is whether it's possible to believe the gospel in vain. I do hope you can join me, but now I must say goodbye, but I'll leave you with very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime we wish you God's richest blessings. Oh